Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. So we've got uh, one Don Fillmore, otherwise known as Donnie. Um, he is a fabulous guy. He's on with us. Uh, Donnie, we'll just do a, we do a quick lead in and then we jump into it. But I know you've listened to all these podcasts, so you're, you know exactly what you're getting into. <laughs> um, Donnie is, uh, and we both know Donnie, you know, you know him a bit. I know, I know, I know him quite well. He is, um, he, he actually is president of, uh, of Atlantic Pacific Transport, which is a family-owned business. His father started it. He is um, president of, uh, I think it's called the Atlantic Trucking Association. He'll correct me in a second. The Atlantic here. Provinces Trucking Association. There we go. You messed it up already, Dave. I know. I'm already messing it up. That's all right, guys. He, That's all right. He's, it's not easy. He's a patient fellow because um, we actually had a, a scheduled uh, a 9 a.m. start. We're at 9.40. Um uh, this is the first time I've known Greg for many years. It's the first time I've seen Greg so heated up because uh, this is not the finely tuned machine he's used to, the audio <laughs> booth. And, but anyways, Don, you don't have to worry about that. Thank you for your patience, man. Welcome to the bowling no point. And um, why, don't we st- why don't you start by just, if you could, give us a little background on your company. Um, it's, a really, it's, a, it's a very cool company that's been around for a few years. Uh, yeah, so our company is a family-owned company, uh, Atlantic Pacific Transport. Um, we've been in business since 1989. I've been working with the company since I graduated from high school in 93. Uh, my mom and dad started the company. Um, Donnie and Marie are their names. And dad, dad's names. been a truck. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's definitely a conversation point. Um, dad started the company. Uh, he's been a truck driver since you know, the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, been a career truck driver, still works with us in the business. He's an owner-operator with us. Um, you know, so it's it was just kind of one of them things. I was graduating, looking for a job, and Dad was looking for somebody and said, why don't you come and see if you'd like this? I said, sure, we'll give her a try, and whatever it works out to, 22 years later or 21 years later, still here. How, how many trucks, so it, done, Don? Yeah, like you guys, how many trucks and we, employees and stuff? We're running 40, 43 trucks, and we're, we navigate around the 75 employee range right now. Um, you know, we're looking to grow our business, and, and these times are not easy to organically grow, but uh, we're still focused on it. It's still our goals. Uh, we're a flatbed uh, float oversized company, so that means that – uh, all our trailers are open trailers. We don't have no vans or no reefers. We don't haul no no uh, no dry goods or no food uh, products. It's all mostly construction equipment, uh, building materials, drywall, lumber, steel, steel coils, structural steel, excavators, doters, rocks, trucks, forestry equipment, that kind of thing to give you an idea. So basically, if you see a flatbed going, if it's tarped, it's something that's got to be kept dry and if you can see what it is, obviously the weather don't hurt it, and and you can generally know what I'm doing by following one of my trucks. Uh, our business is not very hidden. You know where we pick up, you know where we deliver, and you can see what we're hauling all the time. So. And, and you know what? That actually that that's a really good way to describe yourself. I think there's not too much hidden with Donnie Fillmore. Um, <laughs> he's pretty. He's an open book. He says it how he sees it. Um, 
And and here's an interesting point, Greg. Um, you you wouldn't I mean you you wouldn't be at all be surprised that you know Donnie loves driving trucks himself. Like he likes getting on and, and taking trucks uh, you know throughout you know freight throughout as the, he should throughout the it's, nation. It's right, a bit of a right, dream Don? of mine, really. To That's do that. not true. I don't drive a truck. I don't even have a license, Dave. <laughs> you don't have a license. <laughs> Isn't that a, <laughs> no, okay? Sir. But that's a really interesting point. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was, I was just setting Greg up there, but um, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I can it, well, feel it coming. You can feel it coming. Yeah. So no, but that's a really interesting point, yeah. right? So, so tell tell the audience about that. I mean, the fact that you you have a yeah, and by so, the way, you have you have a serious appreciation for what your drivers do. Yet you're, yeah, you're not a driver yourself, and I just no, think that's a kind I, of an interesting point. So I, ironic enough is I don't have a, a commercial driver's license, and it was a choice. Uh, that I made a long time ago, and I'm gonna. We'll skip back to that day. One thing I do want to point out is, is in our business, uh, where everybody can see what we're doing, we have to sell service. So our, our business is focused on service, and we have to outperform our competition because it's not hard for them to find out what we're doing, right? So on a regular basis, we're selling service, and like I've told Dave before, he said, "We well, you know what are you? We're in the people business, um, which is it, it's always the way we work with people every day. We work for people every day. Everything we haul comes from somebody and goes to somebody. So as long as we always keep that in mind that people are the foundation of why we're in business, it's better for us and it's easier to serve because you're not selling a product, you're selling a service to another human being. So that's that's a little bit about our business. But the ironic part is I have had a lot of cab time." Uh, with dad being a driver. So as kids in the summertime, we spent most of our time in the cab of a truck traveling with dad because he was gone all week. Uh, and the only way you got to spend a lot of time with him was to go to work with him. Uh, he was mostly an independent. So if his truck didn't work, we didn't make no money. Like the groceries didn't come in. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I get it as far as what does drivers put up with and, 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 and what the demands are. And, you know, it's, you know, unfortunately in trucking the hurry up and wait uh, applies a lot um and with today's logbook rules and so on and so forth we've got to make sure that we minimize the wait time for drivers because they're on the clock all the time so not getting my commercial driver's license revolved around a couple of things one thing was back in the 90s finding truck drivers was a lot easier than it is today um so that was a good thing for growing your business. The bad thing was it wasn't so good for drivers because the demand on them was greater where you got to the point or you could get to the point that if somebody didn't want to do what you needed done, you would say, well, I'll find somebody else to do it. And today it's different where there's a demand for drivers. You have to work with them to get the work done. So my, my take or my philosophy on not getting my license back then was if I have a license and Friday night, the driver wants to go home and I need another load hauled. He's going to say, well, why don't you go do it? And then it was going to be on Monday morning. Well, why don't you go do it? And eventually I was going to be a truck driver and not be able to work on or work in our business right. and grow it. So then my job became that I had to I had to work with the drivers, had to convince them, had to explain to them that they were significantly more important to the company to me that day to go get the job done because I couldn't do it. They could do something I couldn't do. You know, and I I built a pretty good rapport with my drivers that way, showing them that, you know, my job was to make sure I got them home on time and and that I did what I said I was going to do. It's a lot of trust between dispatcher and drivers. Uh, It's a real tight relationship. And if that relationship doesn't work good, then you're either looking for a dispatcher or you're looking for a bunch of drivers, Um, you know, because at the end of the day, they work together every day. 
Yeah, well, I, I think that's uh, something that we can apply in a lot of our businesses. Uh, yep. Interesting thing that you yep. say that, uh, Darnie, because you know I I did come from a technician background. Uh, you know, I was a I was a camera operator. I was also an editor, and then I started a business, which means I am in that position all the time still. You know, uh, even though I'm I'm running and growing a business. I still find myself slinging a camera and sitting in front well, of the edit suite. And, 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 and actually, that's interesting because just this morning, you're pulling wires in and out of this thing trying to figure <laughs> out, I have no clue how this booth works. So I hardly in. have so, any clue so how I, it works. So I just got to sit and watch and kind of <laughs> chuckle to myself at you cursing. But it's, but, be, but it's interesting, okay? Donnie decided not to be the practitioner. Well, I think that's it's, it's really interesting because so many um, – there's so many different perspectives on that. A lot of people will say, you know, it's really important for the owner of a company to really understand all the little little silos. Um, but you know what that, le- that leads itself to? Micromanagement. Like, do you, do you think Steve Jobs actually had a working knowledge of every, no, no, or a, a technician's uh, uh, skill on every uh, part of building that iPhone? Of course not, you know? Um, I think that's a really interesting theme, Donnie, that you bring up uh, as a decision not to find yourself in the weeds is by, uh, you know, deciding not to get get licensed, not become uh, a practitioner. Uh, yeah, really, really interesting. I, you know, work on a few few things in life, and one of the things that always sticks with me is I don't have to be the smartest person in my company, not at all, and I don't have to know everything about it at all. I have to know who I can go to to get the answer, and I have to ask all the right questions. And you got to be the funniest and most good looking as well. Well, you know. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> I, you go, well, he's he's, he's, he's going to say, well, you got me there. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. One for Greg. <laughs> <We're> all... <laughs> so listen, what, what, what are some of the, the, the biggest challenges uh, that you see in uh, the trucking industry? A lot of our, uh, a lot of our uh, listeners probably have not had the opportunity to, to speak with somebody who owns a massive truck, trucking company like you. So what are you facing in uh, today's day and age, especially in a, a region where construction is really on the downswing right now and whatnot? So yeah. Um, biggest thing for us uh, has been for a long time, probably will be for a long time, is, is HR. We're looking for drivers as a trucking company. As an industry, we're looking for technicians, so that's mechanics. We're looking for accountants. We're looking for uh, clerks. We're looking for dispatchers. You look for shippers. You look for receivers. It's Everybody in our industry is looking for people. We're a growing industry, and we're looking for more people, and we've survived or we've lived through or we're still living with the Exodus West. Uh, you know, so that's that's been a huge competition for us. Uh, what had been an avenue for us to bring in more people was a temporary foreign workers program. And it's it's changed significantly uh, and it's not going to change back to where it was. So it's going to continue to evolve uh, to make it tougher for us to get temporary foreign workers in. Uh, so the big thing for me um is how do we encourage more people to join our industry? How do we uh, create awareness that the trucking industry is here, that it's huge, it's vibrant, it's a great place to to begin a career, to raise a family? Uh, you know, really, since I've been born, I've been fed from money from the trucking industry. That's my whole life. The trucking industry has fed me and is feeding my family, and it's feeding 75 other families in my business, right? Yeah. And we're all here in New Brunswick. And, and so, so what and, you're saying is there actually is – plenty of demand and growth opportunity for your your business there's just not enough uh, uh supply of, of talented workers is that is that yep okay. no question no now, question now everybody's I remember, looking for more hr i remember speaking with uh, wes armor quite yep. some time ago and, and, who's, and it, just for the audience who's wes armor wes armor uh would be a, a colleague of donnie's in in the trucking yep. industry um and uh, i don't know how many trucks he has but uh 
uh, he said with such frustration, he said, uh, I don't understand why we're having an unemployment problem in uh, this region of the world. Uh, we cannot find anybody to work on our trucks, i.e., that's why uh, that uh, foreign, temporary foreign worker program probably made a lot of sense for, for companies like, like you guys. So um, the weird thing is and it's plenty of people. And it's why they wanted to change it because yeah. they said, how come we have to bring people in when we have people on unemployment and you got jobs? How come we can't match these well, two up? The answer is people are, are deciding to stay in unemployment so, instead so, of uh-huh. training up. Well, I mean, no question. Yeah, no well, question. And, and, and actually for like so – we, so we have a surprising amount of listeners from the states that probably wouldn't understand the foreign workers thing. So maybe just quickly describe what that is, Don, for, for the audience. And, and why we had to get there. Yeah. Okay. So – Temporary foreign workers, I'm not the most first person on this because we never use the program ourselves. But basically, a temporary foreign worker was somebody come in with a temporary visa to work. So they come in qualified. So let's say a truck driver from England or Germany or Holland or India or Pakistan or wherever they come from uh, with a work visa, temporary work visa for a period of time. And they'd come in and they'd work for that period of time. And now here's where I'm gray is whether they could stay and get a full time permanency or not. I'm not sure. And try to, uh, you know, immigrate their family over and so on and so forth. Um, Again, guys, I'm sorry. I'm not the most versed on it because we never use the program. But there was a lot of people around here did. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of debate. And we I mean, not to go off on that issue, but I just thought it was important. It's not. This isn't regional. This is a national issue. Yeah. So so just switching gears a little bit, Don. um, how, what tell me about the entrepreneurial like kind of spark in you like what you know like was it something you just knew from an early age because the way you described you kind of fell into a job and then you know that happened to be with your dad and thought geez I actually like this and 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 I know you're very passionate about your business and about the industry um, but you know what what when, at what point did you f- start to you know realize Frig, I, I'm a I love growing and building a company and you know this whole entrepreneurial thing well, it's for us, the, the business is a family thing, uh, you know, so you like to see, you know, our name was attached to it. So you wanted to see it grow. You want to see it thrive. You want to see it improve. Um, you know, I'm competitive, Dave, as you know. So you, the last thing you wanted was to go backwards. You definitely want to win. You want it to improve. You want it to make a better life for the people that work for you. Give them a better opportunity. Grow the region. Get stronger. Put yourself in a better position where you can help more people. Uh, you know, the, the bigger you are as a company, the more people you employ, the more families get fed, the more people get to stay here and work, grow the region again. Um, so th- that was a that was a big driver for me. And, and the other thing was the challenge of it. You know, it's running your own business is a challenge. You know, you get up every day and as well organized as you are or, or as disorganized as you are, there's things going to change in your day regardless of how well it's planned. I mean, I, I got up the other day, thought I had a pretty well planned day and two phone calls later, my day changed. Mm. Not not for the worst, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the plan. Yeah, yeah. You know? well, so actually, every day you got your challenges and your work didn't stop. Right. And, and it didn't go away and nobody picked it up. You That still needed to get done. Uh, you know, it, it working for yourself has its own perks also. I mean, we're all well aware of that. There's things that you can do um, to, to mold your own schedule when if you're working for somebody else, they may mold your schedule for you. Not saying you get to work less. Usually you're working more for less, obviously, but that's okay too because there's still – satisfaction in being able to grow your business, grow this company, grow this baby and, and help other people. You know, you get to decide if you're going to donate to a charity or you're going to help somebody out in the community, or you're going to, you know, let your employees take some time off work to go support something who, who gets the benefit of that. And that's empowering, right. To be able to help your community. Absolutely. And and why is it that, uh, 
that uh, we see so many entrepreneurs with that same value, Donnie. Like I, you're you're not speaking something unique here. So many of the of the people that we speak with are doing this outside of just purely uh, the uh, motivation of making money. You know, there seems to be a real, especially these days, a real uh, sense that that companies now have the opportunity to uh, fix resp- a lot of the social problems social that we have. Social responsibility. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think we have to be good corporate citizens, no matter where we are, no matter what size we are. It's, it's, and it's an expectation that we put on ourselves. And I think it's an expectation that we see throughout the associations we're we're part of and we also see it from other corporate citizens that you know we want to be held to a higher standard we want and 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 that's us pushing ourselves to be better corporate citizens and at the end of the day we're maybe uh, a little louder a little stronger voice for the people that don't have as loud or stronger voice uh you know so if you're if you're trying to deal with government or you're trying to deal with something that we don't feel is right then all of a sudden, rather than me, Donnie, saying, geez, I don't think that's right, I can say me, Donnie, and the other 74 that work with me don't think that's right. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, that's a... <laughs> well, no, you, you get a bit of a, you know, you can get you get a, you can get in a bit of a pulpit, in a sense. What it, so here, just a, another thing that I'm curious about is, and there's a lot of, um, I don't know if it's just in this region, but a lot of companies like, you know, um, family owned businesses and you got second, third generation, and there's a lot of challenges in, in taking over the company. But from what I understand, I mean, not that it was, you know, the smooth, uh, you know, the smoothest, easiest transition, but it sounded like it was like relatively good transition from your father to you and your brother. Uh, and what? How, maybe tell the audience, like, what, like, how did that occur? And you know, what, what are, what was the, what, what worked well, and what was challenging about that? So we'll start with the challenges because I usually like to end on a positive note. <laughs> um, so the challenges were that Dad has his own way of doing things, and Donnie and Mark has their own way of doing things. Um, when we work with Dad, um, you know, he's done the job. He understands it. He's been there. And he has his own way of doing things and his own way of getting things ready. And my father's extremely particular and everything has its place and it needs to be put back in its place. Well, I'm not what I would call messy, but I'm not near as tidy as he is, you know. So just just the fact of that, when you have a bunch of trucks, not every driver is going to do everything the same way that you would do it yourself. Um, and at the end of the day, dad wanted to know everything that was going on because he's a, a, a hands-everywhere businessman. Um, but he didn't want to be there every day to see what was going on. And we got to a point where we said, listen, Dad, if you want to know everything that's going on every day, you got to be sitting in this chair every day. And if you want to run the business, it's yours. You can run the business. But I'm not going to go and work all day and then come here in the evening and explain to you for an hour why I did what I did. If you don't want me to do that, that's okay. I will either resort to another role or I will look for another job. If you want me to do that, then I need to be able to do that. You need to give us the power to do that. And you can't second guess us and you can't overturn our decisions. You can give us your opinion, but I ain't going backwards. And if I make a mistake, I'm going to have to live with it. I'm going to have to pay for it and I'm going to have to move on. Um, so it come, we, you know, we had some good hard conversations sitting at the kitchen table, Shedding tears, making sure everybody understood that this is no fun the way it is now. We have to move on. And and lucky for us, Dad said, no, you guys, you're, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Here you go. Away you go. So that's that was the transition. The good side was is that we didn't make a significant amount of mistakes to cost us a lot of money. Uh, so that, that was good. 
And we grew our business and we'd been in it for a while. I mean, when I took over was basically in 99, I had been at it for six years working day in, day out, you know, and, and today's technology and the technology from 93 are significantly different guys. I can tell you when you look at a truck, you think it's a truck as a truck. It's not the same. And when you look at how we communicate and what we do day in, day out, um, the job itself is pretty well the same. The technology and trucking is leaps and bounds ahead. So listen, Donnie, when, when do you think we should do a, uh, a reality show uh, with Hemmings House and, uh, and, and your truckers? We'll do, uh, so, we'll do an so expose. On, on, on... First things first, who's driving, Greg? Are you driving? Well, me, clearly. I, I, it is a lifelong Are dream. Are you licensed? I, I, I'm not license? licensed, but I, I will get licensed <laughs> if you can give me the opportunity to take a truck down to Florida. I, I would get licensed today. <laughs> well, we got well, the start of the show. We got the seeds of the show. First things first, uh, you should probably go down to the motor vehicle and get your book to challenge your air brake <laughs> and that would give you a good start and look at the pre trip listen if you want to drive a truck you come on up we'll put you in a truck okay. i've helped a lot of people do that just was part of their their i'll call it a dream just to drive a truck or to go in a truck and and there's a lot of outstanding offers that i know are going to come through but uh yeah i mean for me creating awareness for our industry is what exactly what we want to do we want guys like you letting the world know What's going on inside the cab of a truck? Letting them know that everybody that drives beside you in a truck every day is working in my guy's office. The highway is my guy's office. That's where they make their money. That's where they work. And we're driving around in their office every day. That everything you eat, everything you touch, everything you wear, everything in your house in Atlantic Canada came to you by truck. Everything. The only thing we don't deliver is babies. The rest come by truck. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Listen, man, I, I think that is an, that, that's an incredible point is uh, th- just the self-awareness. And, you know, wh- I think one of my missions in the world is, uh, well, not I think, one of my missions is really tr- truly to increase uh, the concept of empathy, right? And uh, mm-hmm. empathy uh, in my world uh, is a result of sharing stories, i.e. sharing, letting people know what's it like to be inside a truck. Well, you know what? There's a mm-hmm. human inside that truck, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a big guy. Uh, trying big, to make a living for his family. You got trying it. To, so, trying to serve a customer. So here's your challenge. Um, after, the, after this uh, podcast gets released, you have to send this out to everybody in the association and get them to all share it with their networks. And maybe mm-hmm. this, uh, this little podcast will have a little more impact than uh, anybody uh, would have thought. I, I don't disagree with you, but within our industry, we're well aware of what we do. It's, it's the general public that we have to make aware. That's the awareness I want to create. We want to make sure that people apply for jobs, go to schools to become truck drivers, to become mechanics, to become accountants. It, it's, it's to create that extra awareness that mm-hmm. when you get to Sobeys and there's no strawberries on the shelf, you say, geez, where'd they come from? They don't grow strawberries in the back of Sobeys. They come in by truck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, 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 it's true. Like everybody, I mean, you guys just went through how many storms in St. John? What was the groceries like? Actually, they were great. It was perfect. I mean, they were all, as far as I know, actually, you know what? Uh, I don't even want to go there. I haven't been in a grocery store in no. a while. But you know what was really interesting? I was delivering uh, a set part, one of the people delivering them from our company session to 91 managers, and we had all this materials coming from, um, coming from the West Coast. And it was, you know, it's a pretty significant piece of business. And if these people, and so all the participant materials were coming, and if they didn't make it, and the, storm, the storms were hitting, and when they came, I'll tell you, I was pretty happy. And that's the trucking industry, right? You know, as a mm-hmm. part of the, trans- no the whole transportation industry. The other thing I was going to mention is that, um, it, and it was, you've told me this a few times, that the idea of like when you bring 
kids into a truck, just how much they just love that experience, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like that, that's a neat thing to be educating kids about. And I'll tell you, Don has told me a lot about, like, you know, just, again, awareness. You just don't understand and stuff. um, But I love how, you know, with that awareness, the awareness piece is one thing. Um, What I, what I've always been really intrigued by, or I just, I don't know, I just love, because I'm a coach, obviously, is this idea that when you ask Donnie what his business is about, he says it's about people. Yeah, it's great. And it's about, and and it's easy, you're in the people business, and it's just such an interesting thing, and I don't, I'm guessing that's kind of a unique way to look at your business within the industry. Well, and we're all in the same boat. I mean, if you're coaching, Dave, who are you talking to? People. Yeah, like, no, and I, I recognize right, you're in the filming, business. You know, so, so we're all that way. It, it's, it's just, it, it, trucking for us is a means Right. Just like coaching for you is a way it's it's how we deliver our service to our people that we work with. So it you know, we're looking for more people just like you're working for more people and everybody's looking to grow. So it, I think we're all in the people business. We just not everybody realizes it. That's all. Well, Don, listen, thanks so much, man. This has been awesome. W- one of the ways we uh, we always end our interviews is with uh, you letting letting the public know how to get in touch and uh, specifically how do they uh, connect with you if they want to jump into one of your trucks, you know, and, and, and get trained up and uh, maybe ask you some advice. What's the best ways of uh, some folks getting in touch? Well, there's there's for us, for Atlantic Pacific Transport, which is our company, we have a website at uh, atlpacific.ca. Um, there's also the Atlantic Provinces Trucking Association. Uh, you can Google them. I believe it's APTA.ca. Uh, anyway, I mean, our phone numbers are on our websites. You can check us out. We'd love to hear from more people. We want to, you know, anybody that wants to know more about trucking, give us a call. We can give you an idea of what it's like to be a driver, what kind of jobs are available. Uh, are you the right person for it? where to take the schooling, where to take the classes as far as mechanics, as far as anything to do with trucking in Atlantic Canada. By all means, we'd welcome uh, anybody to give us a shout and see if we can help them, steer them in the right direction, or give us some feedback on our interview. That would be great too. Yeah, yeah, we're always looking for that. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm going to help support getting you two together because I honestly think with your storytelling, Greg, and that medium – and and someone, uh, yeah. and, well, well, and D- Donnie and I have talked about it. In someone the past. like oh, I'm yeah. telling you, I, I would love to see that. That would be <laughs> awesome. So you guys, the offer's open. Come to Moncton. We'll put you in the truck, drive you around, see what you think. But I mean, I'm not kidding when I say I've put 75, 80 people that had never been in a truck in a truck in the last four or five years from my network, just to just to let them know what it's about, just to create awareness. So um, so Donnie, we're gonna do some takeaways here. Um, thank you so much for your time. And, uh, and, and and just giving us a better understanding of, you know, how important what you do is to um, our economy and, and just our everyday lives. So really appreciate that, buddy. And um, we will uh, we'll let you go and, we'll, and we're going to have you back or we're going to be coming to you, I guess, pretty soon. Dave, it's how important the drivers and the support staff do what they do that really matters. Yeah. They get the credit. They do the job. Well That's said. Awesome, Donnie. Thanks so much, man. Okay, guys. Talk soon, have buddy. a good day. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Talk soon. So there you go. As far as takeaways, Dave, um, what, what what are a few uh, for me? Yours? Yeah, wow. And I've had the the luxury of like knowing Donnie really well. Um, but every time I walk away from a conversation with Don, I'm he's just an inspiring guy. You know what I mean? And he he has a very I just think he has a brilliant way of sharing uh, a very in a very clear way, kind of what uh, he does and 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 makes and relates it to to you know what we all do. And it mm-hmm. makes you know and he can. 
um, de- it's not demystify as much as just create awareness. And he's just such a great advocate for the industry. But he's also what you know he has. What you and I both have is we want to help this region. We want to see things grow. And and so he he sees this as his opportunity. And what he didn't talk about is all the other ways he's contributing. You know, um, through you know with with his company being the foundation. But in terms of how he would probably he's, he'd be investing in other companies and how he's. Um, you know, a philanthropist and all these things he's doing beyond that. So he's just a, for me, just an overall inspiration. He's a real, and just a, a, a salt of the earth uh, guy. Yeah, you yeah, probably yeah, tell. you could tell. Um, what about you? I would say for me, there's a lot of takeaways, but the one I really like, just because I'm so focused on collective impact and social impact, et cetera, is that whole concept of the bigger your business is, the bigger your voice could be. And, yeah. you know, uh, and if you are somebody that cares for the community and cares for the environment and uh, you know takes a stand on things and you really want to make uh, the world a better place, build a company, you know, and and stay focused on that vision. Absolutely, I, I think that's uh, that's great. So thank you, folks, for listening. Please share, um, and uh, we will be back. We're going to be back on our weekly cadence. Take care. We're out. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com. And on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.